G'day and welcome back to the shed of basketball truth. It is Studio 3. My name's Mal, the big dog Crawford, and welcome back to Ball Don't Lie Australia podcast. Okay, big week, lots happening. Um, WNBA draft, big hit for a certain Queenslander, uh, which we'll get to shortly. A couple of NBL signings. But mostly with the with the almost by weekend um, over the Easter holidays for the NBL One North, we're gonna put that a little bit to one side. We're gonna focus on the NBA with the plane and everything like that. And I say we, it's me, and of course one Matt Macca McIntyre. Welcome back, buddy. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me back. I'm loading up these shows, coming a regular. Well, yeah. Yeah, look, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. Um, you know, people have, you know, said a lot to me. Where, you know, when when we've been talking about things in the street and uh, with some of the fans and things like that, and uh, I'll I'll tell you what I tell them. Uh, it's favourite mum. So <laughs> <laughs> that's nice of you. Well, she loves you know, the show. Number one fan, mum. <laughs> and an absolute delight all around. Yeah. So you know, uh, you know, can't say no. Can't say no. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, look, let, let's jump straight in. And we have to start with the WNBA draft. Shanice Swain in the second round, late for Grancher, but still has been taken. Um, huge for the Queenslander. Queensland Junior, um, you know, pick 14, will be playing, well, ha- has been has been drafted by the LA Sparks. Unfortunately, um, as we know, there's not always a guarantee of a, you know, a long-term position just because players are drafted in the WNBA and, you know, things like that. But she has been drafted. Um, huge, absolute huge deal. Um, very few players in the world are. Uh, what is it? 30. Um, and yeah, like, Absolute huge deal. Huge congratulations. Has balled out at the um, the Nike Summer Hoops. Had that massive block highlight that uh, came out of it, just running down that uh, that open-ish layup um, and swatted that thing way out of bounds. But, uh, yeah, leading scorer over there, uh, 19 points, four rebounds to assist in the 21 minutes that she was on the court in one uh in one of her performances there but huge congratulations to her um little bit tough for cans um cans dolphins they've now potentially lost uh carla george and uh and Shanice swain to the wmba bam bam just like that so but she's had a really great uh it, it hasn't just come from the 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 summer hoops it's um you know it's been on the back of a big breakout season in the WNBL, mate. Yeah, tip of the hat to the Cairns recruitment. Man, they, they just lost two two stars to the NBA, like WNBA, sorry. So, um, yeah, I mean, they obviously got a good eye for talent. They spotted it. and um, But unfortunately, they've been both been snabbled up now to the WNBA. But how good for a, like another teenage prodigy basketball player from Australia um, has come up played a season in the WNBL, really played well for Canberra Capitals, um, had a great season and then got drafted in the WNBA. We saw 
Uh, Josh Giddy do it a few years ago. We see how well he's going. So hopefully we see a similar path for this young uh, Shanice and and see her do her thing over there and and dominate as in, at the point for the LA Sparks. That'd be amazing. But our, our good our good progression line of producing great players continues. It does, and look, hopefully she's able to you know. Uh really get that WNBA spots and uh, really get some burn there. Uh, it is a, it is a very tricky league to, to get into and genuinely crack. And uh, sometimes it can, you know, uh, you know, just like Kayla George, you know, this is her second crack at it. Um, you know, sometimes it can take time and, and it doesn't, you know, you don't necessarily hit with the first team that you're, you know, you land with, but hopefully this, that isn't the case for her and uh, everybody's clambering to get a Shanice Swain Sparks jersey. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if they, I think if they, if, if they applicate themselves while they're over there and use it as an experience and, and growth, and it can only be good for their game. Matter of fact, they get picked up long term or they don't. Um, we've seen lots of Australian talent even have short stints in the WNBA and the NBA. And then they come back to our local professional NBL and, and WNBL leagues and they absolutely dominate because they've picked up a wealth of knowledge and experience and they get better as players. So nothing but good things. Um, let's hope this young girl, though, that she reaches the pinnacle and she can be playing uh, WNBA finals for, for the LA Sparks at some point. Um, you know, that'd be amazing. Well, I don't know about don't know about finals, you know, unless, of course, they're playing my aces, then, you know, I, I, I can live with it. But if they knock out my aces, I'll be heartbroken, even if it is an Aussie doing it. Like, yeah. You know. But, all right, mate, let's, let's get in. Uh, speaking of, you know, uh, some Australians, let's talk about the NBL. Uh, look, no no major news on the, uh, on the Bullets front, so I don't need to hit the, uh, hit, hit the magical button. And... Uh, you know, unfortunately, as sort of some of us were, you know, getting more and more basically aware, uh, some Bullets players will be leaving, lots will be leaving. Um, Tanner Krabs is one of them. He's signed with Melbourne United on a three-year deal, uh, which, you know, fantastic for him. Uh, you know, he's... Uh, he found it a little bit difficult at different times over the last couple of years finding consistency in his game and and, and minutes. Um, so hopefully this deal with United really you know, gives him that because he had a he I thought he had a really good um, all in all twenty uh, this last season just gone. Uh, I thought he genuinely played uh, quite well for the Bullets. He had a couple of little niggling things here or there, but you know he, he definitely stepped up this season, which is what we needed him to do. Um, uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for the Bullets, but I, I'm sure it will work out for United. Um, and Jay- he, he had a bad, bad ankle injury, didn't he, as well? But he looked he looked to be progressing this year. So yeah, I think I think the Mel- Melbourne are probably going to um, get him. Yeah, in next few years, and you'll probably see stats and everything just increase as it generally does for players when they leave Brisbane. Indeed. Sorry, was that, was, <laughs> was that too deep? <laughs> but uh, no, I think you went fine. too soft on it, Mel. <laughs> they're blowing the team up. They are literally, they you know, are. they're going to have um, what Sobe and um, and Baines. Uh, like I know they've re-signed the other big fella, um, the other center. Um, oh, uh, Harrison. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like 
they got they got little bits there, but they 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 must be either eyeing off some local talent that's off contract at a different club, or they're they're really going to be going after some high quality imports. So which are always hit and miss, but yeah, uh, you know, good luck to Tanner Krebs. You know, uh, I hope he has a big game. Uh, I hope he has a big season in Melbourne, but. Um, yeah, you just—he probably just needs some consistency around him to see him flourish a bit better, a bit more. Well, he's definitely come on this year, so I'm sure that will continue. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the bullets, though, was it uh, DMAC? I actually spotted him out and about at the uh, at the under 18s nationals up here. Um, uh, it was at Zilmere today. Uh, yeah, checking out checking out the games. So uh, yeah, a few few bits and pieces coming out uh, around around the nationals and you know different players, you know Queensland and different things. And uh, even saw a piece today uh, that uh, you know, Roman Roman's getting a bit of a look. Uh, you know, bullets bullets are looking very intently. So yeah, I, I read that as well. That's good signs. Good signs for some young Queensland uh, players. But uh, all right, JLA will uh, be also returning to the United. Uh, had a season off. Uh, we went and tried out the world, and like you know what, things things just aren't clicking here as as well as they were with United. So let's head on back. Let's head on back and and you know really get deep into that uh, into those Dean Vickerman arms, and uh, you know c- come home to where he feels safe. So JLA will be returning to the NBL, which I think is great for the NBL. Um, yeah, such a hard mark too. He had that breakout season uh, before he left, and he was such. He's just such a long and got good hands for a big guy. So um, yeah, excellent piece to have. He'll probably be penciling him in for a starting centre position, I'd assume. Indeed. Um, all right, and you know, last bullets, non-signing to sign somewhere else. Jorgak, uh, Jorgak, Gak. We'll be heading to uh, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix on a one-year deal, and uh, yeah, another player who uh, uh, look. I've said it before, and I'll probably end up saying it again. Depending on who the coach was, depending on how much burn uh, on-court sort of action they got this season with the Bullets, um, there's a couple of players uh, who found themselves in that situation. Uh, he was one I thought you know, played quite well um, in his you know small small limited uh role in minutes at different times but uh certainly didn't certainly didn't play badly and uh you know has got himself uh, an extra uh, another season down south um but again another one sad to see go but as you say uh they're blowing it up trying something new going a different way and that's fine you know certainly needed to after last season Yep, and look, new coach. He wants. He probably wants some new pieces. He he doesn't want to just run it back with the same old squad. So you can understand it. So man, onwards and upwards can only get better. Certainly can't get much worse. Uh, well, it could get Illawarra Illawarra esque, but I still maintain from game to game they were a better watch because they would consistently show up, and you you just get absolute fight from them every night. Uh, even in those games where it wasn't, you know, wasn't on, um, yeah, um, they lost so many games by just oh, a couple of points here or there. But anywho, yeah, moving it on. Let, let's let's keep moving all the way through um, and head on over to the NBA. 
And look, let, let's stay on some Australians because, you know, we, we've got an amazing bunch of, well, basically uh, a huge amount of depth in the NBA nowadays. Uh, once upon a time, it was, you know, a player here or there and, you know, things like that. Uh, I remember when everybody, including myself, lost their minds when uh, Patty and Bainsey um, won, a, won a chip basically on very limited minutes on the Spurs bench. Uh, and that was... That was pretty much it. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, nowadays things are a little bit different over in the NBA. We've we've got some uh, very talented players on some teams who are still sticking around this season uh, uh, as we record uh, tonight, obviously. So who we've got? We've got let's let's start with uh, uh, the young man whose brother I actually saw today play at the. Um, under 18s nationals, uh, Mr. Dyson Daniels, the New Orleans Pelicans. Look, you know they've they've got to get themselves through the play-in. They've they've got a tough road ahead uh, to really you know make a deep run in this playoffs. And genuinely don't think they can do that without without their big piece. Yeah. They're just they're just not designed that way. But they've no. they've been able to stick around and uh, stay in the play-in. So. Ninth spot will be difficult. They won, they won some clutch games to get them there. <clears throat> um, uh, look, to be honest, when it comes to the play-ins, you've got two two knockout games for the Pelicans. Uh, they've got to win the first one and then win the second one to just at least make it into a series. So personally, I don't think you'll see Dyson Daniels play um, in those first two games because when it comes down to a knockout game, you're probably just going to run with seven or eight guys and absolutely just the Pelicans need to really upset both teams to win their way through. So I can imagine that their starting five, um, CJ McCollum, uh, Brandon Ingram, um, Valanciunas, they're going to play all big minutes. Dyson James might get maybe a minute or here or there, but I'd see him getting more of a chance if they were in a series. Um, And then he could definitely get some consistent... um, as minutes and input just to uh, take a bit of the burden fatigue away from some of the other players. But the kid was having an awesome start to the season, but then just got cruel by that ankle injury. So, um, you know, tough. He's come back, but he, he probably looks like he's a little bit underdone. Tough time of the year to be coming in and still being a bit underdone, but um, great first season. He would have learned a lot. He's, he looks, he's in, at times when he was healthy look like he was going to be a, a really good NBA prospect. Yeah. And look, you know, this will be great experience, even if, even if he doesn't necessarily play or even suit up, you know, being around the team in this sort of situation as that mindset basically just has to shift. You know, this, this isn't regular season. You know, this, this is for all the marbles and there's depending on your contract, you know, and the contracts you sign down the road, uh, they, these sort of games can make a huge financial difference to everybody involved. So. Yeah, and look, not not many NBA rookies play in the in the finals or the the, the play-ins or what you know mm. uh, outside of the regular season. There's not many NBA rookies that do. It's only the superstars that you know um, uh, who, who are you know going to be the next all stars that you generally will see get some burn. It's usually your perennial players that have been there for a few years to your superstars that have been there for a while that, that take up all those minutes. So, um, but yeah, still going to be an amazing experience for him. You're right there. You'll learn a lot. 
Indeed. All right. Uh, next one. Mr. Culture himself, Matty Della Vadova. He's made it. He's it, He's got back. Uh, it, yeah, we, he's in third place, you know, third seed. So he's got back to the genuine playoffs. He had his, he did. He had his time. Now he's, yeah. now he's back in a playoff series. And look, he's, he's influencing the players there. But I did read on the uh, uh, Kings um, website the other day, he broke his finger uh, at the end of March. So he, at the moment, I think they were listing him um, that he would be just sort of a week-by-week basis. So I think at the moment it's still probably early doors for him to be getting a game. But you'd expect, you know, I think, a finger for, you know, hopefully maybe if it's not too bad, probably three to four weeks. Um, so we're getting toward the two-week mark now. So he should hopefully be healthy enough. It'll just be whether, uh, once again, they find minutes for him. He's been sporadically used across the season. Um, but he's he's a culture guy. He's, mm. he's there to wave the towel, high-five guys, you know, pull them in the line if, they're, if, they're, if, they're cult, if, they're, if their attitude and aptitude to what they're doing is not what it needs to be. Um, and on my notes here, I've just got written locker room guy. You know, yeah. he's every every team needs it, um, and he's going to be their guy. And they're going to need that really heavy influence from him because everyone from from the bookies to the uh, you know even the other players you talk to and and I don't know how your feel is. Everyone's already written them off. They're third seed, but everyone's just said Golden State's just going to have their way. You know, they're going to get by them. So. Um, it'd be interesting. Um, I've got a lot of faith. Not not with my head, more with the heart. I've got a lot of faith. <laughs> and and Delhi's always been that heart guy. Yeah. Know, in, in that sort of thing, you, you you back him with your heart. You don't necessarily back him with your head. You know, uh, you know they're they're bigger, taller, potentially more skilled guys. But he he shows tick when you need it, and he's that culture locker room guy. I mean, he's won a ring. Yeah, looking around that uh, the locker room, very few with playoff experience. So, you know, he's he's definitely going to be needed in that sense for sure. All right. One Mr. Giddy. One Mr. Giddy. Look, you know, what, 10th place in OKC. OKC have been tanking and all sorts of things this season, last season, big chunks of... This, that, and the forever. They're in a play-in. Even if they get rolled in the first game, it's not the end of, uh, I I think, you know, for the young guys that are a part of this OKC squad and have been, uh, I I think this is huge for them to be, uh, to at least make this level um, at this point, because I can't imagine tanking year after year would be much fun and a lot of bad habits would creep into everything you start to do. So I see this as a huge, a huge win for the, the progression of all these young guys. Yeah. And Josh Giddy is just playing phenomenal. You know, he's, uh, I think 16 or 17 points a game and like seven, eight rebounds. Um, and like, six, yeah, five or six assists. Like he's just, he's running the show for that team. And I, I love watching OKC. They're not they're not my team, but if they're playing, I'll, I'll watch them because they have a the way their offense flows is it's no shots a bad shot, uh, it's quick offensive possessions, 
Um, they love to take a three-pointer, which I'm all about. Um, but they're, where they let themselves down is on the defensive end. And that's going to be hard in the playoffs because if you don't have a defensive presence, you can be bounced pretty quickly. So if they're going to get through the play-in, they have to really, really, really hone in on their D and, and find a way to stop, um, get stops at crucial points and, and find a bit of a, a defensive um, uh, mentality that's going to you know, carry them through some, some tough games. I think, look, I, OKC is in a fantastic position in terms of, you're right, they don't want to tank because tanking each year, you're going to lose your star. And that's, at the moment, that's uh, SGA, yeah. Gilgis Alexander. If, if you lost him now, you're, 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 you've gone back five years. But you want to keep him and you have to progressively show him that the team's getting better for him then to want to sign. So... They've got a core group of guys that are really good. They, they've progressed this year. They've made the finals. They've got a heap of picks, I'm still assuming, from trading Chris Paul, Duran, all those. But, still got a but, cupboard. Yep. Yeah. They, they've got a war chest there that they can just, you know, go out and still get high-quality draft picks. But also players are going to see this is a young young team. Now, now I'm a, I'm a savvy vet just coming to, you know, maybe see if I can help them a little bit, but also maybe grab myself a chip. So I see really uh, – okay, see he's on the up and up. Um, if they, they've got Chet Holmgren coming in next year, hopefully can remain injury-free. Um, yeah, it's all good for OKC. And Josh Giddy at the moment, he's the, he's the driver of the bus. So, um, yeah, fantastic season. Not exactly. They could have, they could have been a little bit they, – they may have – could have had an eighth or seventh seed. I don't think they would have got the sixth seed, but they did drop some games towards the ends, but that they should have won. Um, but overall, they're in a fantastic position. So I'm liking what I'm seeing. For sure. All right. Old man. Old man. The dad bod god himself, Joey Ingles for the Bucks. He's, he's got himself, uh, you know, when he was injured last year, he got uh, his contract got traded out um, of the Jazz to you know try and help things there. He's found his way onto this Bucks team. He's got some health under him. He started to play, and he's been you know re- really chirpy and fighting on that defensive end too. Which you know, uh, and you know, of course, as we know, he he can light it up from three when he when he gets uh, uh, injected into games at times. Yeah, good, and got himself a. a- Fairly similar role to when he was at Utah, which is what he's really good at. Coming off the bench, uh, being not only a knockdown three-point shooter, but he's a facilitator. Uh, he, you know, uh, he's always averaged last three or four years. He's averaged over five, four or five assists a game for a guy that comes off the bench and probably getting around 15, 20 minutes. Uh, that's that's really solid. So uh, Milwaukee will need that because Drew Holiday um, doesn't have a lot of backup off. Uh, off the bench, so uh, Joe can come in, or Jingle and Joe can come in and 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 fill that void. So yeah, great great signing when they got him, um, and now that he's healthy, could could pay dividends. So I, I like that. And very, I don't know, I, I, Milwaukee could be really up there. I I can see them winning this year. I can definitely see Milwaukee upsetting people because they got the best player in the league, in my opinion, in Giannis. Um, so. 
yeah, I hope Joe gets a gets a championship. That'd be nice. Well, look, they were my uh, were my pick last week um, when Dino was on. So, you know, for a team that could definitely make that um, uh, at least that conference final level, I think uh, you know, I really feel as if they're a shoe in for for at least that level. But yes, that they've got that depth and they play defense, which you need to win championships, as you know, Brooklyn Nets um, proved. Over the last couple of years. Uh, speaking of the Nets, though, uh, let's skip ahead. Paddy Mills and the Brooklyn Nets. How good uh, Brooklyn going since they got rid of their the, – the, I, I don't know what to call it. The guy that didn't <laughs> want to be there, basically. Yeah. Um, there's still one there, another Aussie and Ben Simmons, but I don't know what's going on there. I think they've just shut him down. and He's, he's, he's shut down. Ne- knee, knee back issues and – God knows what. So. There was an actual uh, thing there from uh, KG on his podcast, um, basically saying, you know, putting a you know open letter sort of thing out to to Ben Simmons, you know, find the reason you love the game, mate. Like you need to go back to that um, and and find that reason, find the why sort of thing, because um, you don't have it right now, and that's clear. And you, you know. You're going to find yourself out of the league in no time at all if you don't find it really quick smart. Um, was yeah. you know, the basic gist of, of what he was trying to say there. But yeah, you know, and it is a good solid message. It's it's like any any job or thing you do when you're having a rough patch, you gotta you gotta really hold on to that why. And uh, yeah, I, I feel for Ben Simmons. It's it's been from the outside looking in, it it feels like it's been a long time since he's really you know had that. Basketball is what I want to do. So to look about his game, which is yeah, and it's yeah, it's he's prodigious talent. But there is a lot of prodigious talent that gets into the league or even doesn't get into the league because of reasons such as that. Um, so if if you lose the love for it, or you you're not sure why you're there, why you're doing it, um, the the other factors can just take over. And um, yeah, there's. Uh, there's a lot of what if players. We, you know, he's an all star, so he's not a what if player. But what he what his career could be if you know he can find that love for it again. Um, and, and it's not too late, but um, you hopefully he does it soon. But get it back to Brooklyn, um, Patty. I guess that that team has been playing really well since they they lost. You know, Hall of Famers in Durant, Harden, Kyrie, and they've just come together and said, well, this is – they've probably – everyone's written us off now. They've held on to take a sixth seed, which is fantastic. Um, they're going to be in a series against the 76ers, which it's not unwinnable. 76ers are a good team, but if they can find someone to uh, – maybe Claxton or if, if someone can have a good series against Embiid, you are right in it because they're a heavily – heavily dependent on his production um, or, you know, you don't pray for an injury, but if he goes down with an injury, which he, you know, in series and uh, past finals, he's picked up some niggles, um, you know, it, that could be right in it. So I like what I see from him. Paddy though, he's uh, few minutes of late um, looks to not have been in a regular rotation, but, with no, his he's only played 40 games across the whole season. He did play just the other day in their final game of the season. He played well, 12 points. 
Yeah, I in a start you. as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sort of I always try to watch and check in on the games and see if suited up, but not getting not getting the time. So I'm just not sure. Um, but you know, come the finals, they're going to need someone to knock down some threes, and Paddy's a guy to do it with the experience. So hopefully, uh, that gets in some Robert Ory type uh, minutes. You know, just to come in at the end of the quarters and knock down some clutch threes. Just the two two majors sort of left. Obviously, we've got uh, Jack White still you know, attached to the to the Nugs. Uh, obviously, they're going along burning through the regular season, absolutely firing top of the West. But you know, will, will Jackie White get a lot of play? Yeah, probably not. Um, not through the finals. Uh, unless, you know, there are some issues ahead of him uh, in that sense. But someone who is going to get some minutes, one, Jock Landau for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, he's going to get uh, – Phoenix Suns do not have a lot of depth. Uh, I think in the center position, so you've got DeAndre Ayton who will start, get, a, get most of the minutes. Backup centers, you've got Jock Landau, I think Bismarck, Biambo. And Biombo has just, from whatever reasons, I think it's more because they generally go with the small ball, uh, pick and roll, pick and pop situations. They like to single out um, and and go to star players to make star uh, star plays in the final. You see that it's just constantly going into um, the same sort of sets for the same very similar offensive possessions. Biombo sort of finds his way out of rotations a little bit almost like Bogut did towards the end of his stint at um, at uh, Golden State. Great regular season and plays well when he gets minutes, but then just hits the finals and just doesn't find his way into rotations. But I can see they have to have one of them, and Jock Landau is going to be a better fit because he's a more mobile guy. He can actually knock down a three and a, and a mid-range jumper, so he's not useless on the offensive possession um, either. And Aiton's going to need some minutes. He's going to he's going to need some minutes. Uh, sorry, some uh, some break. Uh, so I can see, yeah, Jock getting some minutes and going to get a lot of experience because he's he's also going to have a chance to play well because you know Clippers they got Zubac, um, but once again he's a bigger guy, not as mobile. He's a hard matchup for Landau. Like Landau will have offensively, I think, more tools to work with. Um, yeah, I can see him having a good series, so I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, look, should should be good, should be good. Uh, very curious to see what the what the Suns can do because obviously they've they've got that you know, really powerful starting five, and then you know it's it's a bit of a bit of a drop off. So look, you know, very, could be very much uh, matchup depending uh, and how. So, how some of those other guys like your jock, you know, really step into that space and step into their minutes and opportunities and how well they go. Uh, yeah. But look, fingers crossed. Uh, he fingers crossed. At least he has a good, uh, good playoffs run. All right, mate. Ah, look, that brings us to the end of our, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a bit of our Aussie NBA chat. So let's jump now into the play-ins itself. Uh, now, how you feeling? I know, I know traditionally you, you don't normally like this time of year. You, you're still feeling that same way? Yes. Yes, unchanged. The last week of the regular season, 
was, pardon my French, mum, stop listening, but it was shit, Mal. Like, the, 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 they've worked out, as soon as a team knows they've clinched their spot, there's no advantage to going up or down in the seeding, or they know exactly that that's where they're going to finish and it won't, it's just up to the other teams. Out come the injuries. Oh, he burned himself cooking pasta. You know, he, he slipped in the shower. Like, just, like, they're resting players. It's load management. They dropped the vase. They dropped the vase, exactly. Like, man, come on. It's, like, I understand it happens, and it's going to happen no matter what. I just don't think the playoff solves the issue. The, sorry, the play-in solves the issue. It may, it keeps those teams that are verging, keeps them playing, but you then still got the other half of the league not playing. And sometimes it comes down to uh, it, it. You, you often look at the run, you know, the last, let's just say, 15 games. You look at a team's run and you often see the ESPN analysts, they'll go, this team has the easiest run, this team has the second easiest, this team has the hardest. But when you break it down, you look, oh, no, actually, the one that has the hardest, that, that actually probably might be one of the easiest because they're playing all the top-seeded teams and, quite frankly, they might be resting Djokovic, Giannis, you know, the Suns rested, think, the whole starting five. So <clears throat> I just I don't see the value of doing it. I think, you know, they need to find a way. I don't, I don't know if there is a way. Um I, if you shorten the season, it's still going to happen one week before the end. It's just gonna, you're just going to have less um, less games in a season. So no one's ever provided me with a, an idea that I think, oh yeah, that 100 percent fixes it. So um, do I think this is a better model? Probably no, um, but yeah, I, I can't think of any other way. Um, but at least I guess this, if you're a perennial team that misses out on the eight then this is your team's, they get one shot at it, one bite of the cherry. Um, do I look forward to, am I looking forward to OKC versus Pelicans? Yeah. But everyone, every all the other games, uh, and that's just because of Giddy having an Aussie there, all the other games I'm not really that fussed on. Um, I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll do the 10-minute um, quick quick view um, on League Pass and, and that'll probably be it. But then, once it gets into the series, that's that's where the narrative starts, you know, five, seven game series, and and you know, seeing the stories develop of injuries, guys playing well, guys out, um, you know, what's the refing like? That that for me is where the playoffs start. This is this is just the hit and giggle. This is almost like preseason stuff. The hit and giggle. Did you like, did you like, did you well, like that, Ram? Look, I don't mind it. Uh, cranky Maddie. Oh, yeah. Nice touch. All right. All right. Um, look, I, I I agree with the um with some of the stuff that I listen to um around you saying like you know the end of the season is always and look I, again I don't know how we fix that because no matter what you do put at the end of the season they're gonna you know they're gonna want to rest their stars they're not gonna risk. You know, risk for injuries, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't mind the playing. I like that it you know it stretches it out and teams have to fight and basically yeah make them genuinely earn it. You know you you don't want to be in this. You, you, this is the last sort of spot that teams in this in this part of the ladder want to be. They don't want to be in the playing. They they want to be up. They, they want to be guaranteed. They want that almost week off um, so they can 
rest recuperate get your you know your delis and those other players who are on those cusp style injuries you know hopefully get them back that sort of thing um but uh, on the other way i like the play-in uh it, it's it adds an extra element it adds spice to some games that wouldn't necessarily be spice um you know uh, and you know of course gives more content for us you know poor podcasters who need something to Need basketball stuff to talk about, but we'd talk about anything, whether it was the first round of the playoffs or it was the play-in. It, it would really. But I personally don't mind it. I think it adds an extra element. Not everyone does. I respect that. I get it. Um, but again, there's it's it's really tough because, like you, I haven't seen or heard of a model that I think would actually solve the solve that end of season sort of problem. But it does give opportunities yeah. for players like Xavier Cooks to come out and start for teams like the Wizards. Obviously, they're out um, and they're resting players for other reasons. But, uh, you know, gives opportunities for him to come out and just ball uh, and really show that, um, you know, whilst other players are resting, he's not resting. He's going to charge at whoever's in front of him and uh, show his show his absolute best, which uh, I think, I think he genuinely, uh, genuinely did, and you know, we'll now go into the off season uh, with some people around Washington, uh, Washington Wizards Association, going, all right, all right, you know, can't not just playing well in Australia, you know, showed a little bit of something here in this short amount of time given. Um, yeah, well, let's let's really you know work on this guy and uh, build for build for next year because they've got some pieces. They just need to string together a decent season. Yes, there's a few guys there that could go, but yeah, uh, long-winded answer. I don't mind the playing, um, but yeah, here's the problem with the playing as I see it though. Uh, you've got teams ten, nine, eight, and seven. Normally, those teams are in those positions for a reason and super difficult for one to really make any sort of deep run or charge um, once they make the actual playoffs. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in first, mate, because uh, I've got a feeling we're probably going to be wanting to pick uh, from the same small amount of teams as each other. So I'm going to jump in first and I'm going to choose a team that I think could at least push uh, a play, you know, once they actually get into the playoffs or if uh, they could actually push a team to a, uh, you know, a six or seven game series, as opposed to we got through the plane instantly swept or close enough to it. Never even close like a Timberwolves, you know, um, Pat Beverly cat style situation um, that we yeah. saw not that long ago. All right. Uh, for me, look, looking across both sides, uh, I, I actually think, um, the heat where they sit, uh, especially if they were to win that 7-8 game against Atlanta, they would then pop in uh, against the Celtics. Oh, I'd, I think that's a potentially a tricky matchup um, for for the Celtics. They've Miami has that, you know, that slightly longer history of having the wood over the Celtics at different times. Um, obviously going back to, um, you know, going back to the bubble. Um but uh, yeah, look, I, I think they're just they're they're well suited. They've <clears throat> the, they've got Key, uh, Kevin Love doing interesting things. Um, Hero's doing good stuff. Bam at a bio. Uh, he he could be tricky um, uh, against our 
our bigs. He he's up and down depending on the situation, but I, I think realistically over on the east, um, uh, Atlanta, I'm a lot less worried about, and you know, not not over in ninth and tenth. Um, I, I can't see anyone there really pushing the bucks. Um, to, to, I, I can't see the winner of that uh, nine, ten, seven, seven, nine. Uh, match up really being able to push the bucks all that much so for me i'm going to go with miami heat i think they're the only real team um uh, on the eastern side who can really uh really push uh push the celtics much i don't think any of those teams are really going to have much of a shot uh, against the bucks yeah that's they're they're strong they're strong um ninth ninth and tenth i agree with you and Miami, yeah, probably should beat Atlanta. I, I actually, I'm, I'm with you. I think uh, uh, the Celtics are a tough matchup for Miami. Uh, if the 76ers had finished just one one higher and they got the second seed, they would hate to play Atlanta. Atlanta's a much, much better matchup for the 76ers than if they got through and had the Celtics. So Miami's the, the more bigger chance to actually make something of it. So you ho- I hope they get through. So it's a good, good, good uh, series against the Celtics. Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, I'm glad we agree with my choice there. Well done. Uh, is there a team that uh, stands out at all for you uh, that, that sort of left maybe over in the West? Well, it, it bears in to the, what I was saying about, the ridiculousness of the play-in series, but anyway, uh, so nine, I agree with you. Ninth and tenth on the West, they're they're both cannon fodder for Denver. They're great teams for them to play. Good tune-up games, plus also horrible matchups. Denver sweeps or very close to a sweep. Whoever gets through. Um, in terms of seventh and eighth, the if the Lakers, the, or the, where the Lakers finish, actually, if the Lakers lose and then play and win, so I'm, I'm basically ruling out OKC and the Pelicans, but if the Lakers lose to Minnesota, which they probably won't, but if they did and played Denver, hard matchup for Denver. The Lakers won and played um, the Grizzlies, hard matchup for the Grizzlies. So I'm leaning into the Lakers having the best chance of pushing a series. That is heavily dependent on LeBron and the foot being okay in a series. Um, they're going to have they're going to have there's, there's no load management in the finals. He's going to have to probably play most of the minutes um, in the play-in games if they play two or one. But yeah, it's and then AD is is exactly the same, but probably more more prone to picking up an injury. So um, they don't have. If one of their stars go down, they're completely out. But I would lean into the Lakers having the best chance at pushing um, and ideally probably better matchup against Denver. Um, the The Grizzlies are a, they're just a fast-paced team. I don't know if the Lakers really want that. I think they want a more half courts a bit bit more of a slower and the Denver will give them that. Um, so yeah, I think if the Lakers, uh, either way, they're the best chance. So um, I'll settle on them. So we both taken a seventh seed, which is huh, surprise, surprise. 
hey, you never know. Miracles <laughs> happen even on the basketball court, mate. So sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, I'm gonna hit the magical, the magical bacon button. Here we go. Bacon. Is there any, you know, really nice thing that, you know, warmed the heart uh, from the last seven days of, of the NBA? So something you saw and thought, oh, I really like that. Yep. Uh, I picked one out. Um, the one good thing about the last week is that sometimes you see there's guys from the G League and I've seen it over the last few seasons where they've been like, G League players never cracked an NBA game. Um, they've been there for five to ten seasons, and they they get one one game in the NBA or two games in the final week, and they get that sort of ten day contract. And you see, usually the uh, the last team I can remember doing it was the Lakers, I think last year, the year before. And this guy made a bit of video, and he shook Magic Johnson's hand. It was it was awesome. And you see things like that in the last week, um, and the good. Good feel uh, thing that I saw happen this week was the Udonis Haslam last regular season game. Um, came out, uh, they gave him a start, and he, he had 20-odd 20, 20 points in the game, knocked down a few threes, and just played well. He's been a, he's been a one-team player for 20-plus years. I think he's now 42 or 43, so he's, you know, just... And actually, it actually from Miami too. So born and bred, which is, makes it even better. Um, he didn't. He's obviously not going to be be able to do the Kobe and come out and drop sixty odd in your last last game. But Udonis was yeah did well. I was happy to watch it. It was great. Um, they got the they got a rocking chair out. Uh, I think it was before the game because uh, he's he's the old man with the, the grey beard now. So. Um, probably his last minutes on the court. I can't see him getting any finals minutes. So, um, you know, standing ovation. Dwayne Wade was there. Beautiful. That was my bacon of the week. Yeah, well, look, it was nice to see Udonis Haslam uh, get on the court and not tech foul out um, two tech fouls in, what, 30 seconds? Um, you know, so so that was nice. That, that definitely was nice. If, if he was keeping with his, if you're right, if he was, he should have just on the way out, just given a quick spray to the rest. T, there you go. I'm out. That's the last one. Thank you very much. Boom, boom. Rashid Wallace would have done it. <laughs> Sheed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right, mate. Um, look, before we get into a little bit of local card shop of Will and Gabba, uh, Will and Gabba crack them, I've got a question for you. Uh uh, around punching a teammate, uh, have you, uh, or would you, or could you uh, ever punched a teammate? Uh, just out of curiosity, for for no, no real reason. Just thought, uh, you know, the idea jumped in my head, and uh, yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought, I'd, thought I'd just ask. I felt like, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. Uh, I have never, no, I've never taken a swing or punched uh, another player but would i have for sure i think competitive games competitive blokes and look if you get back to the, the rudy gobert thing like if, it, if you're ever going to have a punch up in a game between teammates it's always going to be a guard and a center because <laughs> who like the number one people guards will rip on is a center because you're not rebounding or you know you're setting the picks wrong you're in the wrong spot 
they're in general, you know, the center is the leader of the defense or the sets the tone on the defense and the point guard or the guards will generally do the offense. So there's always going to be a little bit of a little bit of niggle little, you know, but no, I've never, I've never taken a swing at a teammate, but man, I reckon I've been close a few times and, um, Cause that's what guards do. Yeah. They, they'll let you know if you're not doing the right thing and generally themselves, they're not doing the right thing, but it's, it's hard to point out your own fault. So you just point it out to someone or someone else's fault. So um, I have seen it happen. I've seen that happen a few times, actually um, just in never, never in juniors, but in seniors basketball where it gets competitive, you, you often see a, a, usually a guard, like I was saying, point out to a big guy, you're in the wrong spot or whatever, and it gets a little bit heated. Um, not often do they throw a punch, but there's always a little bit of verbal little verbal back and forth. But the, the funny thing about it is when it happens, and I you know, I think I've seen the Rudy's tweet come out and you know, apologise and said we're all good, you know, we're teammates and that. It's usually pretty pretty, it's pretty mundane that everyone apologises, have a beer or, you know, Gatorade later and, it all washes under the bridge. It's just when it's on a camera and, you know, a couple of million people see it that it's hard to get over, especially if Draymond Green's going to tweet about it. <laughs> well, this is the problem. If you're going to, if you're going to put tweets out there, um, you know, about how insecurity is always loud. Uh, when someone else punches a teammate, you're going to have that same tweet rammed back down your throat. If you ever punch a teammate and I don't love everything that Draymond does, this I did. Uh, just that, I know, I'm going to remember that. And if you ever step there, boom, boom, fires it straight out there. Love that. That is brilliant. That is, yeah. that is the greatest, uh, that, that is the greatest way to get back at somebody. Like just that, that people use their own words against them. Uh, fantastic. All right, mate, we better get into some local card shop of Woolen Gabba Crackham. We have uh, another, Another amazing five-pack here of the 2020-2021 Chronicles. Now, famously, lots of rookies in these sets, but the, not all rookies, obviously. There are some quite nice base cards. Let's crack into it and get after it. So for those of you who haven't played uh, local card shop of Gabba, crack them before, uh, I will read the back of the card. I'll obviously... Uh, not say the person's name. I'll say somebody you know, whenever their name comes up. And it's um, Macca's job. And if you're obviously playing it along at home, just screaming out at before Macca can. Uh, look, you know, he normally goes all right, but uh, can be a little bit slower than I've heard uh, some people uh, than some people like out there. Some of the fans reckon they've got the wood on you, and others are like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> how did you get that one sort of thing? So you know, uh, I, like to, I like to let it mellow a little bit, you know, yeah. let, the people, let the people at home get the, you know, it's not a race. It's just, <laughs> it's more about the getting the right answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right. On a veteran squad that pushed its way into the playoffs in 2020, 2021 season, somebody earned respect with his work ethic on the court. I just feel like my team has a lot of confidence in me, he said. I'm putting in the work every single day, and I have people around me that are pushing me to be better every single day. For the New York Knicks, number one. Oh. 
I want to. I want to say RJ Barrett. Nope. Is he number one? No. Dang. Uh, oh, think uh, think Star Wars. Think Star Wars, first Jedi you ever meet. Oh. In, chronolo- uh, uh, in uh, release order. Movie release order, not chronologically. That does not help me because I'm not a, a Star- huge Star Wars fan. Wow, there, but... you're about to be muted. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I've seen them. Oh, jeez. Obi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, Obi-Topin. Obi. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That that one's not going in your column. Sorry, buddy. Dang. Okay. That's a bad start. Yeah. That's all right. Hey, shake it off. That was gettable, too. Shake it off. Oh, yeah. It was. But that's fine. Yeah. Shake it off. Shake it off. Here we go. The speedy somebody made a fast impression with his new teammates in 2020-2021 training camp. Jamal Murray dubbed him Spider-Man for his ability to find passing lanes. Nikola Jokic uh, and Will Barton called him a winner and a standout. I don't see how you can cannot fall in love with a young guy like somebody, Coach Michael Malone said. Or Denver. Denver. Number seven. Denver. Previously played in Real Madrid. Ah, uh, yes. You got me on this one last time. It's that Campazo dude. Window uh, Campazo. Plus something. Yep. That's the one. It's the hard one. The first name you don't want to get wrong. Fasundo or something. Campazo. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. All righty. Card number three in this local card shop for Will and Gabba Kraken. All right. It, sorry. Somebody is in the all-around production business, as in producing results on NBA courts and as an Oscar-winning bigwig too. The veteran guard reached the pinnacle of the movie business in 2021 when he served as an executive producer along with Kevin Durant. Durant, for Two Distant Strangers, the year's best short film. Now, this is for number 10 for the Utah Jazz at the time. No longer a part of that outfit. And is famously. I think, I, yeah, no, I think I know who it is because I remember, I remember the story coming out about the film. Injury no? Replacement All-Star. Yeah, Mike Mike Conley Jr. Isn't Mike it? Mike Conley, yes. Yeah, yes. Is, is he not junior? Oh, well, 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 well he's, he's senior now, mate. He's, he's uh, really, yeah. really really old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I've, have you seen that film? I haven't seen it, but I remember hearing the story about him and um, Durant doing the um, no. and getting getting the award. Yeah. Just like anyway. the name of that story, mate. Me and that movie are two distant strangers. All right. Next card, card number four. Somebody returned to the place that served as his first NBA home, Los Angeles, and looked more than comfortable in familiar surroundings. When the Pelicans faced the Lakers on March 23, 2021, with a game-high 36 points, he lifted New Orleans to an impressive 128-111 result against his former team. Number four. Brandon Ingram. Yes, young man. Number yeah. 14. 
Yeah, wasn't too many. Dragons. I think it's it's um yeah, because what they had Lonzo Ball go there as well. Um, but yeah, it's definitely Brandon Ingram. Indeed. All right, last card. And oh mate, this one's gettable. This one is gettable. There's simply no stopping somebody. When he gets that determined look in his eye, the electric playmaker had that expression for all four quarters on February 12th, 2021. Much to the Pelicans' dismay, scoring 46 points and dishing 12 assists, he helped give Dallas a 143-130 victory. Gotta be Luca. And is. Luca Doncic. Yeah. Is number 77. 77. Nice, nice, nice card to get. Yeah, a little Panini threads. Nice, nice little one there. So nice little hit, a couple of hits there as well uh, from the from the pack. Excuse me. Uh, thanks again to the local card shop of Wool and Gabbert for all those. We'll also be putting up some uh, some polls across the playing uh, playing games and all those cards. Uh, we're going to use cards from the different teams uh, up on those polls, and all those cards have been supplied through Crackham and by the local card shop of Wool and Gabba. So shout out once again to 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 Rob and, and Tennyson and all those guys you, you meet as you walk through the door uh, of the local card shop of Wool and Gabba and, of course, uh, HQ down the Gold Coast. All right, mate, that, that's going to wrap us up here. Just just the one show this week. Uh, look, thanks again for, for jumping online. No, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. As it always is. All right. Uh, now, if you are on the socials uh, or if you're not on the socials, do please jump on. Uh, give us those likes and shares and uh, and if follows and different things. And if you are listening on a podcast service that does allow five-star reviews, please do go ahead and do that. That stuff really helps. Uh, I believe we're now up to uh, – helps us get uh, people listening from across the world. We are now up to 35 countries. Um uh, across the world have tuned into Ball Don't Lie uh, Australia. So that kind of stuff really helps us, you know, find those, find those, that, you know, those extra listeners around the world. So really big appreciation to everybody who's done that. And if you haven't, do please do try and do that for us. That really will assist. But that's going to wrap us up. So until you're listening to us again here, just remember that Ball Don't Lie. It never does.